Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading in Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is God's word. The human memory is an absolute marvel. It is astonishing what we are able to commit to our memories. Now I know some of you are sitting there and you're thinking, I'm going to call you out on that one, Pastor. I can't remember anything. People say that about themselves all the time. And I'm going to propose this morning that that's nonsense. I hear it every year and every time in confirmation classes, I ask children to memorize parts of the catechism. And children insist that they can't do it. And again, What nonsense. Because if I ask them to recite what they saw on YouTube earlier that day, or who the five most popular accounts on TikTok are, I'll bet they could talk to me for a half hour about those things. And are really we as adults any different? You know, I could probably to this day tell you the batting average of every member of the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. Paul Molitor hit 353 that year, was second in the league to Wade Boggs, who hit 363. I didn't have to look that up. I just know it. Why do I know it? Because I love baseball. I love the Brewers, and especially when I was a little kid, I was so into that team. It was a great season for them, even though they didn't make the playoffs. As, you know, it's very common with the Brewers in their history. But it was important to me. And certain things got ingrained in my memory. And I'd be saying, that's you, Pastor. That's not me. I can't remember things, really. I bet there are some among you who know the differences between changing brakes on a 2007 Chevy Impala versus a 2012. I bet there are some of you who do not need for a moment to look in their recipe book to now know how to make their chocolate chip cookies Perfect, not too overdone and crispy, not old doughy, but that perfect chew. Every one of us has things that we know, that we have committed to memory. Why? Because they're important to us. So, let me ask you this morning. Who was the son of David who tried to steal the throne from him before David was even dead? Let me ask you this. Who was Elijah told to anoint as king in Syria and then king in Israel and as the prophet to succeed him? Here's a hint. That was last Sunday's Old Testament reading. Or how about this? What are the names of Jesus' 12 disciples? Why don't we know these things? And you might say, you know what? These, 
know, these are, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, right? And yes, that's true. There is a lot of information in there. How about this one? What's the Eighth Commandment? Keep your bulletin closed, please. Let's say I'm going to call on someone at random in the congregation this morning and ask you, what's the Seventh Commandment? You're wondering if I'm going to call on you. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that, but maybe there's a little fleeting moment of panic and anxiety. How is it that we can talk for a half hour, an hour, time on end, on why we think and believe there was fraud in Georgia's election. Or we can talk about why the Packers have totally screwed up the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. But we can't talk about the Ten Commandments. Because it comes down to what we place importance on. Every one of us has been gifted by God with a memory that serves us well until certain cases, yes, sadly, the memory can and does fail. But we will resign our memories to the trash heap years before we ought to do so. The Ten Commandments, which were our Old Testament reading tonight, found for us in the Old Testament, we've been spending a lot of time in the Old Testament the past church year. It's tempting to say, but you know what? That's, that's the Old Testament. Jesus has come. You don't need to worry about memorizing the commandments. I'm not saved because I can remember the commandments. No, you are not. And yet you are to know them nonetheless. We are to know all of this story far better than we do. Why are we to know the commandments? Because I want you to notice what the Lord God says to Moses and says to Israel about these commandments. It's right there in the very beginning. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God had already saved his people. He had already Rescued them from their slavery. Brought them out of Egypt and out of Pharaoh's grip. The people of Israel were free. No longer bound. No longer forced into difficult labor. And the Lord God brings them to Mount Sinai and says, Here, you free people, this is how I want you to live. According to these words. In fact, historically, when the Bible was first trans, the Old Testament was first translated into Greek, they called the Ten Commandments the Decalogue. 
Deca means ten, log means words. They were the ten words. They weren't so much commands as in, do this. It was just stated, this is what you're going to do. This is what we will do. This is how the people of God live. I'm here to remind you, dear friends in Jesus Christ, that this is of utmost importance. That yes, we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, which has taken away our sin. And now, freed from sin, given the gift of eternal life, these ten words guide us in how we are to live. They teach us, as Jesus so appropriately summarized, when he actually quoted the Old Testament, they teach us how to love God and love our neighbor. They teach us how we on this earth are to live in relationship to a God who has redeemed us and to a neighbor who has been redeemed by God as well. We have been set free from our slavery through the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I are no longer slaves to sin, death, and the devil. They do not bind us. We are free. But heaven and earth have not yet passed away, as Jesus talks about in our gospel today. We still live in a world until the kingdom of God comes in its fullness, we still are surrounded, aren't we? By sin and death and the devil. We're not imprisoned by them, but we still do battle with them. So what do we do? We have no other gods. We do not misuse God's name. We remember his Sabbath, his day of worship. We honor our fathers and mothers. We don't murder, but we honor and protect life. We don't commit adultery, but we honor and uplift God's gift of marriage. We don't steal, but we do our best to protect one another's possessions. We don't speak falsely about others, but we always speak in a way that extols a person and regards them as our neighbor in God's word. We don't covet what one another, what we have, or what others have that we don't. This is how the people of God live in this world. This is how free people live. We make much to do about our freedom in this world. And that's a worthy discussion. You know, we're doing a lot of that discussion in our Sunday Bible study right now. Because we do live in this world. We want to be free people here in this world. But the freedom that is of utmost consequence is the freedom that is given us because the blood of Jesus Christ takes away the guilt of sinners. How do us free people live? The law of God is good and wise to set his will before our eyes. As we just sang.
Jesus himself even said it in our gospel. Jesus' own words correct this misunderstanding that has existed for so long that the Old Testament, the law, doesn't apply to us. That somehow the Old Testament, all those laws and sacrifices and that whole system of thing, as though somehow that has no bearing on us. We don't need to pay any attention to it. Yet Jesus says, Do not think I have come to abolish the law and the prophets to do away with everything written in the Old Testament. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And that word, he says, that's written in the Old Testament, not an iota, not a dot, not a bit of it is going to pass away before heaven and earth pass away. In other words, dear friends in Jesus, we still live with God's law, with his commands. Yes, we have his word of gospel, which sets us free. And then it sets us free so that we can serve him and abide in his word and love him and love our neighbor. These are the words that show us how. These are the words that free people like you and me ought to take to heart. Jesus says in our gospel for today, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, those Ten Commandments, they show us that sin is a prison. And though we've been freed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we love our chains and we love to chain ourselves back up because we chase after sin. I hope the way I've spoken about these commandments today and God's word as a whole and talk to you about how we as people don't place priority on God's word like we ought, that ought to sting. That ought to convict you. That's good. Because all of us have, we've we've broken the very first of those commandments. You shall have no other gods. Frankly, we have more gods than we can begin to count. More things that we will place of higher importance than the Lord who has saved us and the word he has given us. Our righteousness can never exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. In other words, Jesus is saying, unless you're the holiest people on earth can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Later on in Matthew 5, Jesus says to those listening to his Sermon on the Mount, he says, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. There is only one whose righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. There is only one 
who is perfect as the Father is perfect. The Son, Jesus Christ, loved the law of God and kept it perfectly, not failing in one iota or dot of it. He kept that law for you. This law held before us today, these ten words held before us today, they show us how sin imprisons us. They also show us the holy, perfect life of Jesus and what he has been on our behalf. Christ has never had any other gods before his Father, for he is one with the Father. Never spoken in a way that takes his Father's name or his own name in vain. He perfectly honored the day of worship, honored his Father and Mother, both his Heavenly Father and his Earthly Father. He never murdered or hated his neighbor, never sinned against the gift of marriage, never mistreated others' possessions, never spoke falsely of another person, never desired for himself what was not his, for all things are his. And now our Lord Jesus, who fulfills that law and guarantees for us that his sacrifice for us is perfect and complete, he sets us free. Now he holds that same law before us and says, my dear children, my dear beloved ones, here's how I want you to live. The reality is, we don't know the law. Our children don't know the law. But we know a lot, don't we? I could talk to you for hours on end about the Harry Potter books. Read them seven times. You know, I've read the entire Harry Potter series more times than I've read the entire Bible cover to cover. What's that say? I can talk to you about TV shows and movies. I can talk to you about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and about what's going on with the Black Widow movie that's coming out or just came out this past week. I can talk to you about the Packers. I could talk to you about a lot of things. All of us can, can't we? Because we've invested energy in those things. Can we speak about the one who has loved us and redeemed us? Can we speak about how he has called us to live? We can. And we should. Because we are free. Sin, death, and the devil have had their power broken. Let us hold fast to the word that we never return to their grip and lose the great gift that our God has purchased for us through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.